Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. And as always, thank you for believing in me and sharing these episodes with your loved ones. It truly actually makes a big difference to getting the word out. And um, I just can't thank you enough. I need to thank our sponsors, Wasatch Recovery, Siegfried & Jensen, Thread Wallets, and the beautiful music you heard before and after this podcast is by my good friend Paul Cardall. He's a, a award-winning pianist. He's amazing. Um, he's had a heart transplant, and he's just an inspiration to so many people. So I'm grateful for him to, for letting us use his music. And today, you guys are in for such a treat. You guys have no idea what you're in for here. Uh, this is going to be amazing. Today, we're joined by Sarah Foley. Sarah, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pumped. Oh, man. You guys only know. You guys, I can't. I'm so excited. We have a mutual friend, Tiffany, that lined us up. And I love Tiffany. I know you do, too. Mm. She's the best. Gem. But, gem, for mm-hmm. sure. So a little bit about Sarah. And there's so much to say about her. <laughs> She's a confidence coach, a transformational keynote speaker. I've, I've, I've watched some of your talks. It's unbelievable, the mm. energy you bring. Uh, she's a Tony Robbins certified breakthrough strategist. She's the founder of a disability icon transformation program. Uh, she does workshops. Uh, she does events. Uh, she calls herself Vertical Blonde, and you'll know why here in a minute. It's your belief system to me is one of the things that really attracted me to your message. Mm-hmm. It's such a powerful belief system, and so I mean the list goes on. You, I mean, you've been on the Mel Robbins show, the Tony Robbins podcast. Uh, your second act by Patricia Heaton, and the list goes on. You've been written up on magazine articles. You've been on TV. It just goes on and on and on. And what a gift for me and for our listeners that you would be willing mm. to be on my show today. So oh thank you. Gosh, the that. honor's all mine. <laughs> so why don't we start, Sarah, or Vertical Blonde? Uh, <laughs> why don't we start? Where did you grow up? And tell us a little bit about your childhood. Sure. So I grew up in Sandy, Utah, uh, just right down the street. Um, and I, you know, growing up, I went to private Catholic school. Okay. And um, growing up here in Salt Lake City, you know, there's a lot of LDS. And my mom really kind of wanted to keep me in this little box, which maybe <laughs> helped with my tenacity as right. I grew up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I uh, I had a great childhood I you know my parents they owned a gymnastics gym and so I was very much in that I loved the performance my parents were um they played guitar and sang all the time my mom would go to the piano bars and sing and (laughs) all these and so I have kind of this performer in me um cheerleading and dance and all of these kinds of things really there's something about a microphone I don't know what it is for me but when I get mic'd up something kind of (laughs) charges in my soul so I've always loved that and um, that's pretty rare by the way most people when a mic gets in front of them they're like okay they freeze shut down totally and I never knew 
that <laughs> no one felt this way. I thought everyone loved it. Yeah. So um, they're awesome. like, no, Sarah, you're different. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but you know, I was, I was anxious to get out of Salt Lake my whole life. Like I hated the cold. I felt sheltered here. Mm, and yeah. I, I had this dream of being on MTV news. That was like oh, yeah. the dream. I remember that. Yep. Right. Stuff, yeah. And with Kurt Loder. I mean, I remember <laughs> yeah, it all. Right, like I yeah. was there. And so as soon as I hit like 2021, um, I decided to go to massage therapy school so I could pay my bills while I went out to LA and tried oh, to become an actress. Okay. And um, I ended up stopping a little bit shy of LA. I got to Palm Springs, which, which ended up holding a really great career. I, hold, I hosted a television show out there, which okay. was entertainment tonight for the Valley. And so I interviewed all these, you know, um, artists and musicians and things like that. And I always kind of had this feeling like, you know, I was inter I was always the one doing the interview Mm. and I wished I had a story to tell. I wish someone was interviewing me. I wish I had depth and there was kind of this superficial feeling around it. And, um, so for whatever reason, my heart took me back to Salt Lake City mm. and I ended up going back into the spa world and managing a spa up in Park City okay. for about seven years. Okay. So, you know, I've got some different um, backgrounds and industries from, you know, spa management and, you know, just that high level customer service and that experience. Yeah. And then I've got the experience of being on camera and then... Uh, lo and behold, uh, back in 2012, I was running the spot at the time, and um, I went out on a, a kind of a weekend getaway down to Brian Head with a new boyfriend, uh, Sean, and another couple, and we went out on four wheelers, and that's when yeah. life took a big flip. Yeah, you know, before we get to that part, and that's yeah. A big part. I think you. I've heard you say you always knew there was something big. Mm. that was supposed to happen in your life like you know big and, and many levels yeah. there was something burning you kind of like what you said when you were doing those interviews like man there's there's got to be something more there's more there's more that that i i know i can maybe do or give and that kind of thing and so yeah. i want to just point that out to our listeners that you always kind of had that feeling of man there's something big in my life that mm-hmm. is going to be great yeah is that accurate absolutely i just felt that I always kind of had this feeling like life is too short mm-hmm. and that like we're here to do something big. We're not just here to yeah. go through the motions and pay the bills and do right. like there's just got to be more to it. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. That burning was in there from the get go. I think, you know, a little bit has to do with my upbringing with my parents and, yeah. you know, the the performer in me, yeah. you know, there's always a bigness to performances. Right. But I did. I did desire the depth with the performance. I yeah. wanted to I wanted to change people. I wanted to impact them. I wanted to make a difference. You know, back in 2012 was when things started to cha- things changed completely. Mm-hmm. You were on you were on this trip. Let's just pick up from there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so we went down to Brian Head. Uh the first morning, uh Sean and I got up really early. We went on this hike. The moment that I will absolutely never forget was really the last time I was walking around and we went out on this lookout area. And if you've been to Brian head, I mean, it's just pure red rock formations. It just felt sort of prehistoric and literally on top of the world. And I remember turning to Sean and just saying, my life is so perfect. Everything was going to plan. 
right? I was in love with this new boyfriend. My job was going really good, making good money. It was just like I was checking every box and reveled in that moment, really embraced it. And then um, a few hours later, we ended up meeting up with the other couple and he brought down a trailer full of four-wheelers and dirt bikes and Mm. everything you could really think of. And I was really inexperienced. Everyone else, the other three were... I mean, they'd grown up on them. The other guy was a mechanic for them. They just knew their way around these machines. And I remember Sean just taking all this time. He said, we're going to keep you safe. Don't worry about it. We're going to take the safe trails. Got a safe helmet. You're going to go on the bigger safe one. Everything. Yeah. And so we started going up along and starting to feel really confident on this machine. And, you know, wind's going across your face and just (laughs) feeling really good and really exhilarated. And um, at one point, we really couldn't tell where the path went, kind of went up and around a bend. And the guys said, we're going to go check it out, see if we need to turn around, what we got to do. So the guys did. And we saw the other guy, Jim, a few minutes later, waving me and the other girl up and said, you're good. Come on up. Come on up. So I start going up in front. And what we don't know is that Sean's coming back down to let me know that it's safe. And so he was coming back down. And as we came around the bend... I panicked and I remember just like thinking, get off the trail, get out of the way. Yeah, because you're going to do like a head on. We're going to go head on. I yeah. mean, we're, we're yeah. full force going yeah. right at each other. And so I jerked the handlebars to the right. And I'll never forget looking back to my left and seeing that Sean had gotten so far out of the way that if I just, I just could have kept going straight and been oh, fine. Man. And I didn't. And the next thing I saw was, the ground and the sky and the ground and the sky and my front wheel had hit a ditch and I just went flipping oh, and this machine just crushed me. Um, so many bones broken. It broke every rib, it broke oh. my spine, my clavicle, everything just snapped and it oh, flipped so fast that there wasn't a stitch of blood, no blood. And wow. I remember it finally kind of threw me against this fallen tree stump and I just was so stunned. I was so present though and alert and I could see how far I'd flipped Sean is running at me full force dirt's kicking up I'm laying down on my side and he is just screaming just this excruciating screech of a yell and um so you're conscious I'm conscious the entire time I remember every flip I remember every sound I don't really remember the pain as much but I remember every sound that'll never get out of my head Oh, man. And um, he finally gets over to me, and I just said, don't move me. Call Life Flight. How's my face? And <laughs> he laughs. You know, we, we right. still had a giggle about it. <laughs> yeah. But I, in my head, I was like, there's, like, I don't, I feel like I'm an unrecognizable. Yeah. I was like, there's no way I don't even look like the same person. Um, and he just said, babe, your face is beautiful, but I don't know about the rest of your body. Mm. And took Life Flight, Life Flight about an hour and a half to get there. And just laying in pain and calming each other down and making phone calls and all of that. And finally, Life Flight gets there and they take me to Las Vegas because it's closer Closer hospital. Um, And Sean had to make the drive and make all the phone calls. And he just said he just went into survival mode. You know, we just kind of went. And I woke up 10 hours later after surgery, after everything. Um, I finally kind of came to, cause once I got in life flight, they, they dope you up pretty dope quick, up, get, yeah. get the pain yeah. out of the get way, the pain out of the way. Yeah. But I made one phone call before I went into surgery and I didn't know I made this call until about 
four years ago. Really? Yeah. And so I guess I called my mom and she said she she touched down from Salt Lake to Vegas and right as she grabbed her purse, my fo- her phone was ringing and it was me. No way. And I said, she said I sounded like a scared six-year-old little oh, girl. Yeah. And I just said, mom, the doctors think if they can relieve the pressure that I'll be able to walk again. And I just think about that now being a mom and I can't imagine yeah, to hear that to hear those words from your mm. child Gosh. And, you know, her just being like, oh, my goodness, she realized how serious things were. So the next, you know, thing I, I remember is coming out of surgery. They put a plate in my clavicle and they put two rods and nine pins down my spine and really tried to release that pressure within there because it was squeezing my spinal cord. Oh, man. And I, I couldn't feel my legs right away. So it felt like someone just like took my pants off, like took my legs off. And... Wow. um. Yeah, I woke up the next morning and um, I had a waiting room full of family, friends, friends from four different states. I mean, just everyone went to autopilot and showed up and um, one by one they came into the room and that like face where they're trying to smile, but they're terrified and no one knows what to say, you know? And so the one that hit me the hardest that really changed that trajectory was my aunt and um she came in and she came in for a hug and I just whispered why in her ear I just said why and she like pushed me away she pushed away from me and she just said don't you ever ask why she said searching for that answer is going to eat you alive and it will only come when it's supposed to and my my grandpa and my mom were looking at her like, what is wrong with you? Why would you yeah. like be so mean? You know, like yeah. it was firm and stern. But thank God, because yeah. I just remember thinking like, we just don't go there. We just don't go down that rabbit hole. We don't we don't yeah. go down there because um, it's a scary place once yeah. you start asking why and yeah. you don't quite have answers. My goodness. Yeah. Well, even when you said... You look to your left and you notice that he was far enough yeah. off the trail that you could have just kept going and slowed down. I mean, there's that why again. Why did I? That hurry was and the turn? moment that I kept wondering why. Yeah, and and props to your aunt. Yeah. To have the courage to say something in your darkest moment. I know. That don't you dare ask that question. Yeah. I mean, what? I mean, probably. I mean, how did you respond to that when you heard it? Like, were you thinking she was being mean? Or did you go? I just remember kind of like this slapper reality of like, okay, like done. I won't yeah. do it. You know, I promise kind of thing. Um, wow. And I've asked her today. I was like, where did that come from? She said it was beyond me. Yeah. She said it came from above. And she's like, oh those goodness. were not my words. Yeah. And she's like, I even surprised myself. So we all just really thank God for that moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because... I think what happened over the next about four years was that I didn't ask why, but I also didn't face it. Mm. Like it took me almost so far the other way where I didn't face the healing that needed to take place. Mm -hmm. I just kept going through the motions and I was in quite a bit of denial of what had happened. And what happens is that in something like this, you're often told how much of an inspiration you are. Right. Such an inspiration, such an inspiration, you know, and when someone's going through that healing process, it can be really damaging 
to say mm -hmm. that to him yeah. because I would try and keep this smile of being inspirational above water and then behind closed doors and internally, you were, it was messy. Yeah. It was dark. I would constantly hit my legs and just scream at them to start working again. Oh. I just felt disconnected from my body and, and angry at it like it was betraying me. And when you have that disconnect, healing can't take place. Yeah, you know, and for sure. people often say like, what would you say to your early self right then, you know, at the accident? Or what would you say to someone newly injured? My answer is always don't forget about the parts you can't feel. They are still part of you. Yeah. Wow. Like don't get so disconnected that you can't heal. Wow. So. Man, I, man, my heart's just, I know. oh, wow. I think about that girl in me all the time. Of well, just, it's, and it's like this, and you said this, like, it, no one knows what to say. Mm -mm. And naturally, I, I guess people would go, well, you're such an inspiration. And, and on, and, and on some level, they're, they're right in yeah. that moment. But I can see why from your perspective, you're like, this is killing me. You yeah. have no idea internally, like how mad and hurt emotionally and mentally and spiritually I am right now. Totally. And those words, yeah, don't really help. They don't help. Yeah. Because you just think, I'm just trying to survive right now. God. I'm not here to be your inspiration. I'm not here to be inspirational. Yeah. I'm I'm just trying to live. To live and figure this out. Mm -hmm. So how long did you end up having to be in the hospital? And So I was in Las Vegas hospital for about three weeks. Okay. That's where they just get you okay enough to then go to rehab mm. and um the rehab hospital we chose was the one where superman went in colorado oh, craig yeah. hospital yeah and you know now i know what how great of a one uh university of utah has so we probably just should have stayed local <laughs> yeah. um but we went there to craig hospital but what happened was i had contracted spinal meningitis in las vegas and so by the time we touched down to colorado I had this insane headache and I was basically unconscious from the pain of my head and wow. they rushed me right to the to the intensive care unit and so I was I was I don't remember those next 10 days I was completely really? out of it yeah I was really really sick and that's really where I almost died almost I mean died, that was yeah. and I contracted an infection in the Las Vegas hospital oh my so um once they got got me well enough out of that then it's then it's time to go to work yeah. And you don't have a whole lot of time to deal with the emotional side. The thing that they did great at Craig Hospital is they are getting you independent as possible so you can go home. Yeah. They teach you how to drive with hand controls. Yeah. Um, they teach you, they have this whole room in the basement where there's like airplane chairs and pieces of cars. And so you can practice getting in and out oh, of the different really? seats. Okay. If you're a mom, they've got cribs down there. So you can practice getting your baby out. They are set up for everything. Wow. It's phenomenal. They teach you how to dress yourself, how to maneuver your wheelchair. Wheelchair class always scared me to death. I was the only girl on my floor when I was hurt. And so all these guys like they just think their wheelchair is a big toy. <laughs> yeah. They have fun. Yeah. They're doing wheelies and yeah. I'm like scared of my own shadow. So that one was a little hard and <laughs> sure. traumatic. You know, they're trying sure. to play rugby in their wheelchairs and I'm like in the corner yeah. saying, can I just go yeah. put on makeup or yeah, something? Right. Like, oh, I don't yeah. like this very much. <laughs> um, but what they don't, where they really missed the mark was the emotional side. Yeah. And I had two visits with the, with the therapist while I was there. And one... We didn't, when he didn't even show up. 
And so that part is really missing because what happens then you get all independent and in the hospital, it's like a revolving door, presents and gifts and smoothies and flowers, all the things. And then you get home and everything's the same and nothing's the same. Mm, And that's where it really was nasty. And I, I just, that's where I was just starting to lose hope. I mean, you're just the highlight of my day was the price is right. I mean, that was it. And you know, you're just, I I would fall out of my wheelchair and I couldn't figure out how to get dressed and I didn't have therapists there to help me. And it was just, it was one thing after another of just trying to figure out this new life. And, and I remember I would just look in the mirror and just be like, who is this? What is this? This Mm -hmm. is so different than my life before. So to go from, you know, being the boss running a spa to then being so helpless and needy and feeling like a burden and all of those things that happen when you're in those early stages navigating. So again, it's hard for me to even try to put myself in that position, but I can imagine like, yeah, you're probably just sitting there going, this is my life now. What is going on here? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I know the stories is a long story and there's so much we can talk about, but let's get to, I mean, you're, you're amazing now. <laughs> like, and you were amazing then just really struggling, but how, what started to change and how yeah. did you start breaking out of this hopeless feeling? Totally. I mean, that, that to me is the miracle. That's the flip that yes. that's the impact. Right. Yes. Right. So yeah. Now when people are like, you're so inspirational, I'm like, dang <laughs> right. I am. And you're I'm like, working to be there. Yeah. You know, like that is the goal these days. <laughs> So, um, yeah, the, I'll, I'll never forget. I call it my moment of impact. And mm. I, so I had this really negative view of disability before I got hurt right. and even after, yeah. you know, I just, I called it all the uns of life. I was like, people with disabilities are unsuccessful. They're unhappy. They're unhealthy. They're mm. undesirable. They're like, they're just un uh, everything is what I yeah. felt. Yeah. And granted it was a very st- stereotypical and negative view, but that's all I'd experienced. Yeah. I didn't have any frame of reference otherwise. And one day I remember I had gotten out of the shower and I caught a glimpse of me full full length mirror mm-hmm. and I saw that I had become all those uns. I was oh, unhealthy. Yeah. I'd put on a lot of weight. I was extremely unhappy. I felt very unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I didn't have a job. I did, all these things. And I just remember saying like, my words had so much power, even the words that I didn't want to be, but it was right. all I was focused on yeah. and what I thought I was supposed to be. And that's now what I teach a lot about is like when things happen, you have this global belief of what you think it's supposed to be like. You're right. Even marriage, motherhood, yeah. divorce, everything has this preconceived notion. And if you are not intentional about recreating that story in any way you want, Remembering you have permission to yeah. write it however yeah, you want, right. right? You don't have to be the way that you saw it. You know, if you saw your mom growing up and she, you know, didn't go after dreams because she was going to be a mom and you think that, oh, now I'm a mom, I have to forgo my dreams. Yeah. We can rewrite it whatever we want. And so in that moment, I was like, I had become all those stereotypes and it was up to me mm-hmm. to do something different. Yeah. And I remember just saying like, I'm opening my heart to healers. Like 
I just kept praying for healers. Please like show me the way, give me some guides, give me some people to help me. And I, I met them at this point. We had actually, so Sean and I got married. We had a baby. We all, and that was that two year mark. Um, we actually got married on the anniversary date of the accident. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm not even kidding. Oh my. Well, we laugh That's about amazing. it now because we were trying to like make it such a good day, yeah. not a bad day. And now <laughs> it's just a messy day and we don't know what to do or how yeah, to feel. Yeah, what do we do? Well, I don't, or do we celebrate? I don't even know. Um, and so so uh, Sean's job had taken us to Maui. Okay. So we're in Hawaii and I just remember opening my heart and just saying, show me, show me healers, show me yeah. everything. And I met a personal trainer who that was my first step. I'm just going to get my body yeah. healthy again. Start, yeah. So I met a personal trainer and we would geek out in personal development our whole <laughs> time together. Yeah. We would read books and be like, do you know our words have power? And do you know about belief systems? And we would just geek out. We were both kind yeah. of babies on it. Yeah. And then I also met this therapist who I called my medicine woman. Mm. And she taught me about parts work. And okay. she really helped me tap into the parts of me that needed healing, the parts of me that could help me heal and just realizing all of that was within me. And, um, and so that's when I really began the process of owning my story because the story had owned me for a long time. And that's the goal now, like help me how helping people really take ownership of their stories, realizing they can, but my medicine woman, I call her Kathy, (laughs) whatever, I don't know what we call her these days, but I remember our first session, she just got me really tapped into my body and she helped me quiet my mind. And she just said, what do you need right now? Mm. Like the part that's hurting in you the most, what does it need? And it was my sense of femininity. Yeah. I missed feeling a flow in my body. You know, I was disconnected from it. I'm on this, I call it like this kind of masculine piece of metal. Yeah. There's no flow right, in right. my hips anymore. There's none of that. And she said, what does that part mean? And I just said, I just need to dance in my own skin again. Mm. And so I just searched for ways to start dancing again. And I got connected to my body and I would do photo shoots and I would get dressed up and I learned aerial silk dancing and I learned all these beautiful things. And it was just this constant check-in of what part needs you the most right now and what does it need? Yeah, beautiful. And when you start there, then you have some clarity and guidance and direction because up until that point, you're just, you're just scrambling. You're just scratching at everything. Um, and so that one was a big, big moment for me of just opening my heart to healers. And then there was a slap in the face moment. Mm. And that was on the Mel Robbins show. Okay. And are you a fan of Mel Robbins? Oh, yeah. I love her so oh, much. Oh, she's amazing. She's amazing. And she tells no, it just she, like it is. Oh, that's what I love about her. She just tells you. She's so to no, the point. Boom. Kind of like your aunt. Oh, exactly. Don't ever say why. Don't put them in the the same room together. (laughs) Um, So I, they were, she had her new show coming out and she was looking for stories. And I thought, you know what? Forgiveness. That was between Mm. Sean and I, a piece that really I wanted to own. Sure. And because to preface, anytime something would go wrong with my disability, I needed someone to blame. And I always blamed Sean. Wow, yeah. And it was always in my head. I never said it to his face. But anytime something went wrong, I was like, if you hadn't put me in this if chair, you wouldn't have, yeah. you wouldn't have done that. Wow. And 
you can imagine our marriage was amazing, right? Like if you're saying that all the time, (laughs) I'm sure I'm wife of the year at that point. (laughs) And, you know, he's feeling this sense of obligation and we're burdening each other. I mean, it was just, it got really heavy and we didn't face it for a really long time. Mm. So I get asked to be on this show and I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be inspiring. I'm going to help people, you know, forgive and I'm going to do all these things. And I felt really hopeful and and empowered and she get, we get there and she opens me up in this way where I just start to kind of word vomit Mm -hmm. all of these nasty, all the blame, all while it's, why it's his fault. And I kind of like looked up after taking (laughs) a breath and she's just looking at me with this sadness Mm -hmm. of like, and she just says, you are still in that ditch. And I said, yeah, but he put me here. I was so determined. I was like, he put me here. And she said, I don't care how you got there. It's your job to climb out. Mm. I was like, oh man. Like dang. Dang is right. So there was that ownership of, it has nothing to do with him. We're here. I got to yeah. accept this as starting point. Yeah. It's happened. Yep. I can hold that resentment forever or I can forgive, release and begin to climb out. Yeah. And that was big. Wow. Slap in the face. Oh my oh, gosh, my. it was painful well, it's too. Funny with On me, live television. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's funny cuz uh, with my clients that I work with, you know, a lot of times I'm like, okay, we're going to do a little slap therapy today. Oh. And they're like, what? I go, yeah, I'm going to slap you upside the head with a few things. Here we go. Boom, boom, boom. You know, and you hit them with the stuff. To, and again, I understand why you resented the whole thing. Well, who wouldn't? Yeah. yeah. And no one would blame you for doing that. Totally. But again, she's right. You'd stay stuck in that ditch if you right. keep holding on to that resentment because you'll never get out. Mm-mm. And it'll just be there the rest of, the, of your life. So luckily you had that moment with her. I, I'm really, really grateful for those <laughs> yeah. those moments of impact, right? Those moments <laughs> that are just like, ouch, that hurt. And okay, that becomes yeah. your fuel. Is that when you were like, kind of like, all right, I want to, I do want to crawl out of that ditch metaphorically. I and I want to go do more of this, you know, talking and being yeah. an influence in people's lives for good. Is totally. that when you started going, okay, I want to go in this direction? Well, there's that point where you find something so juicy that you can't help but share it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's what I would, had really begun to find. And in Hawaiian, they call it your kuleana. Mm. And it, you had said the word earlier, responsibility. Yeah. Right? You have this responsibility. When you find something that has healed you so much and offered you so much light yes. yeah. out of so much darkness, you're like, I got a responsibility to share this. Yeah. Like, I can't hold this in. Yeah. So what happened was, is during that time of dancing in my skin and finding my medicine woman and my healers and doing all these things, I wanted to keep my friends and family up to date on what was happening, the ones that were here in Utah. And so I started a blog and I was like, I got to name it something. Yeah. And my goal is to stand and walk again one day. And that's where Vertical Blonde came from. Okay. And then something really weird happened. And she became that part of me that always knew what to do. Mm. The part inside of me that I could lean on to get me out of the ditch, to forgive when the other parts of me wanted to resent. Like it was this, I call her my iconic identity. She was that. that part of me that knew what to do, that was willing to do it when Sarah was kind of scared out of her mind or mad or whatever it was. 
And so I started tapping into Vertical Blonde more and more. And I started to show up in a different way. And she is this, she just represents all of that healing, all of that growth and all of that. And so she became this secret weapon. She's the one that I use to rewrite the story, to own it. And so for me, it's like, you know, I, even just this last weekend, I guided a room full of women through this journey Mm -hmm. and there's that three parts. You got to heal it. You got to learn how to use it, right? All of that juice that you gain and then you got to share it. Yeah. And a lot of the healing comes from the sharing. Absolutely. I went to so many support groups and therapies and all these things. And as you're speaking, all the dots start getting connected and you start understanding and you have light bulb moments and epiphanies as you're speaking that you can't find with writing it out or thinking it out. So the sharing is so vital. And then those that have the itch of the microphone are like, girl, it's game on. Like we got to help others. (laughs) So it's like, it's helping people through that process. And that has been so powerful and people respond to what they're called. Yeah. I called my my room full of women icons. What do you want to be an icon for? Yeah. And they start to sit up a little taller. Yeah. And they start to show Changes up a little things, different. Yeah. And I said, what's your iconic identity name? What does she represent to you? What do you need to tap into? Mm. And they say, dang right. I yeah. am empowered. I am powerful. I am confident. And they they remember that they already have that inside of them. It's not a mask. Yeah. There's a difference. For sure. Right? Yeah. And a good friend of mine, her name's Sarah Delane, she explained it, why it works so well. And she's an actress. And she said, you can always tell the good actors from bad because the bad actors are just trying to put on the character. Mm. But the good actors are becoming it it. by tapping into the part of them that already knows how it feels. That's powerful. So that's what this is. It's already there. So what do you got to tap into? Dang. Mm -hmm. You know, it reminds me of an amazing quote by Pablo Picasso that says, um, the the meaning in life is to find your gift. The purpose in life is to give it away. To give it away. I love that one. And that's really what you're doing. Did you know when you were, you know, that this was the big thing that was burning inside of you? Like, this is it. Like, did you now know, like, okay, I'm starting to see the big picture here. Yeah. That this all happened for me. Totally. Versus it was happening to me and I'm the victim and I'm stuck in the ditch. Well, I always say that my aunt got it half right. Mm. She got the part right where you don't ask. But I think the part that was missing was that you get to decide. You don't ask why, you get to decide why. And nothing has meaning until we give it meaning. So if you think about it, it's like, yeah, this is that depth that I was craving. This is where I get to pull... All those skills that I have, all those talents, the love of the microphone, I get to actually put purpose behind yeah, it. Dang. And it I I realized that a couple of years ago where I just said, I get to decide. And I get to decide what I want to do with it. And for me, the whole message is this process of becoming vertical. Yeah. I, I was watching one of your talks and I think if I'm quoting you correctly, you said I decided I would become vertical again. Mm-hmm. And, and talk about that for a minute because, you know, the power of choice is real. Yeah. And I love what you say. Words matter. What we say matters. Totally. You know, 
just to say, I'm going to, I'm going to decide to be vertical again, just saying that, how empowering that is. So talk about that a little bit and how choice and choosing the path you've taken has played such a vital role in what you're doing. Well, it was interesting when I met that therapist, Kathy, Mm -hmm. um, her and I developed such a gorgeous patient client, uh, relationship. It was incredible. And I once said, I said, you know, in your four walls is where I feel the most me Mm -hmm. and the most accepted for it. And she said, yeah, and I love you even more for it. Mm -hmm. And it was this reminder of permission that when you feel that sense of permission to truly decide how you want to show up and then actually do it, and and it feels aligned again it's not the mask it's that becoming process right yeah that it is so you embody it and you become something so different and it's totally up to you what that looks like and yeah. in her four walls she gave me the power of choice she gave me the permission to choose yeah and it's funny we feel like we shouldn't need permission i give myself permission <laughs> but yeah we kind of feel like we do yeah and once we feel like we get a little bit better permission, then we're like, okay, maybe a little bit more. And maybe a little bit more. Right. And then we kind of keep adding on to it. And that's how confidence builds, yeah. right? Confidence is, I always say, an action word. It comes from the doing. Absolutely. And so for me, I love giving people a space where they have this safe, contained space of full permission. Yeah. That was Saturday. I, I had this girl come up. She says, I don't know how you do it. She said, I have been sobbing. I've been going to all the depths of my soul and I'm having so much fun. She's like, how are you doing all of that in one experience? She said, I feel so good here. I said, yeah, because we feel safe in here. And that's created by everyone showing up for one another. And when you play full out, you give the next person permission to play full out. Yeah, wow. What are some of the most impactful things you've heard from one of your patrons that are watching you and listening to you? I mean, I know that's a big question. Oh, but man, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've heard a lot, but what what stands out? What are people coming up to you saying, you said this and it changed everything? Or is yeah. there something that stands out? I'm, I, I mean, I've <laughs> had I've had quite a few and I feel really humbled and grateful every mm-hmm. time they do. Um, one specifically is coming to mind of, um, you know, it was kind of this, she's like, you know, you'll tell me what I need to hear. And there's always a pause where I hate you for it because it's so hard to hear. (laughs) And then I know that it's always backed with so much love. And I remind myself of that. Mm -hmm. And then it, it forces me to up level. It forces me to go all in. And I just love that because I feel like the things we don't want to hear are the things we need to hear the most. Right. I mean, just all my moments. I mean, Mel Robbins and my aunt, like they all told me the thing I did not want to hear. I hated him for a moment for it. Truly just like, this sucks. I mean, I remember with Mel Robbins, I was like, are you kidding me? And then it was like, gosh, it was said with so much love and look what I get to do with it. So I loved her for saying that. And she just said that recently. So I, you know, it's top of mind, but yeah, it's beautiful. She was one of my very first clients. So, um, my, uh, the disability icon program, my trainer and I, I had such a drastic physical transformation that I ended up getting messages from all these other women who were wheelchair users saying, how do I feel happy again? How do I look thin again? How do I do these things? And so we started a personal training business for wheelchair users. And that's That's where all of this started. So when I started, the 
big goal wasn't like the big events and big stages. Yeah. It was helping people feel good in their bodies again Yeah, that were in the same shoes as I was. Boy, so, yeah. and the one that sent me that message, she was one of my very, very first clients and really? she's been with me ever since. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. It's, I mean, just mind blowing. You know, I'm sure you've learned so many lessons. You've already mentioned something like owning your story. Mm. You know, I had an experience once where I was speaking at the uh, the prison out at uh, the point. It's no longer there now. but And they had three inmates get up before I was going to speak. And the last one said at the very end of his story, if you don't own your story, it owns you. I had mm. never heard that before, honestly. And I went up to him. I'm stealing that from you. <laughs> because it's so true. So, so why is owning this, and for all of us listening Owning our story, why is that so important? Well, because the story we have around what's happening is what dictates your next action and mm. how things pan out, yeah. right? And so the story, remember I had about disability, it it directed how I ended up showing up in my skin and my yeah. body and my life. And so it's that story that truly has the chokehold. Right. And if we don't recognize we get to decide like that is all up to us yeah. how what the story we want to even write is then that old story is what takes hold right that subconscious story that those global beliefs around what we think this means for our life yeah and and usually that results in a lot of blame a lot of resentment yeah. a lot of finger pointing yeah and so when you own your story, you're truly just turning your finger around on yourself. Right. And you're saying, I, like I am responsible yeah. for everything, mm -hmm. whether it's a lack of boundary, whether I put myself in the wrong places, whether I didn't walk away, whether I didn't seek the right resources, all of that's on me. That is 100% on me. And so the true, the, the gist of that whole thing is the word own for ownership. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. on us. Love that. And that's the part that a lot of people don't like to hear right. because it's so much easier to blame. It's so much easier. I, it was so much easier to put all that weight on Sean. For sure. And the poor guy, I mean, yeah. for goodness sakes, you know, yeah. him having to yeah. harbor that plus the guilt of, you know, he still yeah. feels responsible. He still has his own demons. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's that flip in life is the one we watched in someone else, not necessarily our own. Right. You know, and sometimes yeah. that one watching is the one that has even harder time. But, but his healing's his healing. Mine's yep. mine. Yep. And we all got to take responsibility for that. And if we do, that whole word about Kuliana is that when we show up in our highest self, in our highest vibrating, in full ownership, with mm -hmm. full accountability, yeah. doing our best for our life, then we can for others and then we can for the world. And that's our responsibility. Imagine everyone taking full ownership for their story. Imagine everyone saying, this is on me to do whatever I want with my life, to live in my highest capacity. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Permission. Yeah. That gives everyone else permission. How cool so is that? So <laughs> that's the whole thing of it is like, it's not just about me, but I got to do it for me first. Right. So. Man, that is amazing. Well, you, you are a confidence coach mm. and you are very confident. I mean- your energy you. and the way you carry yourself is amazing. Thank you. It really is. And I'm not just saying this. Like, yeah. it is, it's real. You can feel it. You, mm -hmm. you just said something really, I, I'm really into is the frequency. We're on yeah. the same, we're vibrating at the same. I can feel it. If that Good. Makes sense. Yes. So what do you do? 
to, I mean, I'm sure you still have your tough days. And totally. What do you do? What does your day look like? Like, how do you keep yourself? I know you do these big events, and I know I really love what you said. You get inspiration and things you would never learn by if you weren't sharing. Mm-hmm. But what do you do in a day, Sarah, that keeps you where you need to be? So there's a couple things. One, <laughs> I tap into vertical vertical blonde constantly. Okay. Like she's my guiding yeah. light. Um, okay. And I live by, so I've got these three post-its on my mirror and had to rewrite them a couple times. They get wet or whatever, yeah. <laughs> but they're on my mirror and they, every day as I get ready, I get ready and I sort of embed these into my system. And one of them is that my energy is my currency. Ooh. I fully believe. It's amazing. I know. Where's your pen? I, I feel know, like you've, my, you've looked for them. your pen numerous times. I can see it. I'm like, he wanted to write that down. Yes. <laughs> um, but I believe that my energy <laughs> is how I transact with life. Wow. It is. It has gotten me in new rooms. It has gotten me opportunities. It has gotten me friends. It has gotten me better relationships. All of it. And so... I constantly remind myself of whatever I want in my life, I got to be it. Yeah. And my energy is how I do that. And wow. so my energy is 100% my currency. That just hit me so hard. Isn't that, that good? That is so beautiful, yeah. And so as I get ready, I I get ready with the intention that anyone that sees me, I am now debunking all their old beliefs about disability because I'm not the uns anymore. No. I com- and I live them. That's who I oh, am. I saw you do a speaking event. Um, I can't remember what group it was for. You come in and you got the this side screaming, this side <laughs> screaming, this guy's bumping and jumping and round and and the energy and like the energy you produce that so you called it from sitting from this chair. I can be the most energetic person in totally. this room. And you blew these people away. And I'm watching this going, what is going <laughs> on here? It was amazing. I thank you so much. <laughs> I worked really hard to maintain that, so I appreciate oh, that. Dang, and that, that was powerful. yeah, it's 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 amazing <laughs> what you get, what you put out. So, yes. um, my energy is one hundred percent my currency. Dang. And um, I'm still in that. By the way. Uh, do it. Gonna, and I'll quote you though. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> like I want credit. You're giving the credit um, for sure. And then the other post-its on my my mirror. One is I am free. Reminding myself I'm free to decide mm-hmm. what anything means. I'm yeah. free to do it differently. I'm just, I'm free. Yeah. And the other one is that um, self-discipline is the greatest form of self-love. Oof. And I feel like that's the key to confidence. The word confidence at its core means to trust in. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I call it an action word. The only way to build trust is through the action. You need the courage and kind of that that iconic identity to get you to take the action but you only build that trust by the doing. By the doing, yeah. And so just reminding myself that having the discipline to follow through is what's going to build that confidence in myself. Yeah. So, um, but I made a commitment um, this past year that my speaking would not be the top of my priority. My anything else, the thing at the top of my priority is my health. And okay. I really... I make working out really key. The supplements I take are key. The Mm -hmm. things I put in my body, the things I feed my mind, all of that is the top of the priority because there was a point there where the speaking was top of the priority and my physical health took a hit. Mm. I got really, really stressed. I got a lot of inflammation, just was not doing well. Mm, Right. And while my speaking was, it was good, 
I could see my body was not the energy that I needed. Right. So I made top of my priority is my health and my fitness. And I think that that's why I can command the energy I can in a room (laughs) and, and not be so depleted afterwards and not feel like I'm, you know, my one friend was, she's like, how do you, how are you always on? On, I said, because I'm constantly in flow of it. Like nothing's forced. Yeah. There was a, and I, forgive me for saying this because I don't, I can't remember the source, but they did a study. There was this, uh, I think it was a university here, but I can't remember which one of these 80 year olds in India. They're 80 Mm -hmm. and they work, they work uh, 60 hour work weeks. What? And they're 80 years old and they're like, and they interviewed them. They sat down and were asking them like, how do you guys do this? And, and, And the common thread among all of them is we just tap into the energies that's within us. We've got it. We just tap into it. Cause it's there. It's already there. And it doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. And it was like, what? Oh my God. So, I love these guys. I'm, yeah. And that's what I'm hearing you say here is like, you just tap in to that energy that you have within you. Mm. And I agree with you. When you take care of your mind and your body and your spirit and all that stuff, whatever yep. you perform at your best, mm-hmm. right? You can still muddle through stuff like you said, and it's still good, yeah. but you know, it's not where you should be totally it's not the iconic you yep exactly yeah yeah when it feels forced you are gonna feel the brunt of it it's gonna be exhausting whereas at the end of my days i'm i i may be tired but i'm so energized yeah right i'm so excited to wake up the next day and and then you start to get that momentum you're like oh no you just get to that point where you're unstoppable yeah do you ever like now just go, I can't believe what I've created. Every day. <laughs> Every right? day. It's amazing. I'm I'm yeah. in awe. Yeah. I'm in such awe. And I there are moments where I just it's kinda like you want to stop time for a second. Yeah. And just really enjoy it. And yeah, I I feel really lucky, but I'll I'll never forget hearing what Oprah says about luck. It's when opportunity and preparation meet. Meet, yeah. And so I feel really lucky, but I've also really done a lot of work to make sure sure. to create the luck, to create Mm -hmm. the opportunity for miracles to happen. And so I, yeah, there's moments where I'm just, I'm really blown away by, by what has happened and where Mm -hmm. I've come from and what I've been able to do. And I'm just, I'm really proud of myself, honestly. Well, you should be. And it goes back to what you said earlier that words matter and what we say matters and when you call yourself a creator mm. then your actions when they start backing that up you again you put in the work yeah because you believe you're a creator totally right absolutely and listeners i hope you're listening to this <laughs> are you taking your notes take your notes you grab your a pen you should have had a pen because <laughs> there's a thousand things you could write down in this episode already <laughs> it's been fantastic you know um you're doing a lot of good out there. What What's on the horizon for you? Do, is it just continually doing what you're doing currently? Or do you see, because you, I know you think and dream big. Oh, I do. Is there other things that you're working on that you could maybe share with us? Totally. So <laughs> I love writing. Writing is like my happy place. Mm. And unfortunately, I, I, I do a lot of journaling, but the actual okay. writing, yeah. sometimes you when you're at home, it's a little hard. And so... Yeah. I've done a couple of getaways to to really work on it, but I'm working on my book. It is called Becoming Vertical. Oh man! And uh, the podcast is starting soon. Becoming Vertical. Yeah, it might be calling you for some notes. And um, so that I feel like that's a movement that I really want to yeah. create. 
for sure. is just this this process of becoming vertical. It's a process that never ends. Yeah. There is no finish line. Yeah. It is truly this constant becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really want to create a movement out of that, of, of the book, the podcast, the, the way that people show up and empowering them and giving them that full permission. So that's really, that's big for me. I've dreamt about yeah. writing a book for so long. Yeah. I've, I'm, I'm just about there. It is, it is the most cathartic and beautiful and healing all the things in a one type of experience. Yes. It is wild and it's so hard to decide what goes in there yeah. and what doesn't, what makes the book. So I just kept calling it my first book so that it kind of <laughs> relieves that pressure to get it all yeah. in one. Um, so that's coming soon. And, um, that has always kind of scared me. I think that's why it's been hard to to finish because I feel like it like it almost kind of takes my breath right now. I feel like it's really it's going to be really big and really impactful. Oh yeah. And um yeah. And I just want to ensure that I'm really ready for that. Yep. So Yeah. Yeah, you think doors are open now. It's going to just open up yeah. so many more. I feel it. Yeah. And and it yeah. feels really good. Yeah. Just it's well, and here, and here's the thing. Yeah, the demand for you will just get more and more, and that's where I guess you gotta we you have to kind of guide and direct that the way it needs to be. But again, you're here to share your. That's the meaning. That's to the give whole it purpose. Away, the yeah. Purpose, yeah. Totally. Give that away, and I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Thank you. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. I hope it. I people that know me know that I love tears. Like I love the tears. So um, <laughs> I'm hoping that it 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 brings people to some deep places, and it also gives them a really beautiful vertical brick road. I call it. Yeah. You know, to get out of it, and um, and you know, I just finished up my first event here, Vertical Ambition, which was. A total hit. It was so much fun. Nice. And everyone is already asking me for the, the next one. So I bet, I bet those are going to be happening <laughs> about twice a year now. Okay. So Very yeah, cool. be on the lookout for the next one. Sure was fun. I bet. Well, if there's someone listening to your voice right now, you've already shared some amazing things and some really impactful things. Who Who's listening to this right now and they're stuck in that ditch. They're in a dark place. They're hopeless. They're not sure what to do. What would you tell that one person right now who is there? Mm. Pain is universal. We all experience pain. The overcoming, the climbing out is not so common, Mm. but it is possible. Climbing out of that ditch is 100% up to you, which also means that you'll get to take all the ownership over it all the pride of climbing yourself out of it. You'll get to get, you'll get to own that and savor that. Mm. Do not forget about the parts of your life, of your body, of your relationship that you cannot feel. I know that it's easy to detach. It's easy to pretend it's not there. It's easy to easier to ignore it but it will just get more and more painful and the darkness will become that much more dark unless you start climbing. Find resources. Mm. That is up to you. Create boundaries. That is up to you. Find opportunities to dance in your own skin, Mm. whatever that looks like for you. That is up to you too. Take ownership of that story. Don't let it hold you there any longer than it needs to. Allow yourself to heal. Allow yourself to use it 
and then start sharing it. Wow. Yeah. Don't know what to say after that. <laughs> that was beautiful. Wow. It's everything I needed to hear, and I think it's what people need to hear. For sure. It's unfortunate that so many people are suffering on such a level that, you know, they're in that ditch that, as we <laughs> keep referring back to, and that's why you, your message is so needed because if you can do this, you, that's why you are the inspiration because it's like, man, if, if she can command a room in a chair as she does and bring that energy and, and that confidence and that love on that level, you know, I can get through what I'm going through because mm -hmm. she did it too. Not that it's easy, not that yeah. it's not work involved, but man, that's why I think people love you so much. Mm. You know, we have some mutual friends who absolutely cannot say enough good about you. Like Aww. literally, it's like I almost got to go, okay, okay, I get <laughs> it. She's amazing, okay? <laughs> I got things to do. <laughs> but I just, man, that was so beautifully said. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, one thing my therapist said, I was, um, you know, I mentioned before that I have within my family some pains and some different yeah. addictions and so forth. Yeah. And I remember just being so confused about it. And she said, you never know how this pain is going to end up serving them. Mm. You can't. Yeah. If you take away someone's pain, yeah. they don't get to gain the strength yeah. of taking it away themselves. Yeah. And we never know. I just loved that for whatever reason. Yeah. Hit me so hard. We never know how this pain will serve you later. Yeah. And so that's why the denial of it is so hard. And so mm -hmm. um, it just, it delays the inevitable, you know, yeah. it delays the, the joy and delays the overcoming. But once you start to face it as painful as, as it is to face, that is where you're going to gain all the juice. Yeah. I mean, I, I am only this way because I got all that juice myself. Exactly. And there was, it was not a goal to be on stage. Right. It was a cold to just feel better in my skin. Mm -hmm. So I think people get really overwhelmed by the big picture and what step to do next. Yeah. And for me, I always just to have them tap right in there. Hold your stomach right below the mm -hmm. rib cage. In Hawaiian, it's called your na'au, your deepest inner knowing. This is your seat of thought down here. It's not your head. It's down yeah, in your gut. Yeah. And when you drop down into your body and you say, what part is hurting the most? And what does that part need? That is step number one. Mm. That's the only thing you focus on. Yeah. Wow. So beautiful. That's it. Love it. Well, I could talk to you all day. This was good. Was so good. So good. Yeah. I even made you cry. I love it. Yeah, man. I love those tears, man. I, I just makes you. me know that we're on the right path. For sure. And, and you know, it's, I needed to hear this today. I mean, you know, and I teach this every day. And I just, sometimes I need to hear it. And it's it's one thing to, yeah, I already know that. But it's when you hear it from someone who's gone with, through with what you've been through it just man there's such weight in it man it just and like you said that frequency i'm feeling it. i'm feeling that currency mm. from you like whoa you know your energy in introduced itself the moment i saw you i was like dang 
hope I'm ready for this. Buckle up. <laughs> my friend said, buckle up because you're ready to rock it. That's my favorite saying everywhere. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it's how we transact. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's how we transact. Well, if, if there's someone out there that wants to know more about you, mm -hmm. um, find out about your events, when the book's going to launch, all this <laughs> fun stuff, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, I'm most active on Instagram, okay. but everywhere is basically Vertical Blonde across the board. Okay. So verticalblonde.com, Instagram, Facebook, or Vertical Blonde, okay. um, and then also YouTube Vertical Blonde. So okay. across everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll put that in the show notes so awesome. everyone will have links right to them and all that fun stuff. And I do encourage any of you listening to this who you want to get some more information or you want to be inspired or feel more energy from, from the, the Vertical Blonde herself, Sarah, reach out to her. Awesome. And I also, I like to always challenge everyone after all these episodes, share this with your family, your loved ones. If you have a friend, a coworker, a, a son or a daughter who is struggling, give them the link to this episode. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we don't know how to open up a conversation when someone's struggling. This is, I, is a beautiful way. Give them the link yep. and say, hey, just listen to this. And then follow back up. Hey, what did you get out of What'd that episode think? with the vertical blonde? Yes. <laughs> you know, and it opens up a dialogue. And then uh -huh. maybe you break the ice a little bit. And, hey, you seem like you've been struggling. What can I do to help you? And blah, blah, blah. And totally. reach out to Sarah. And, you know, she she challenged you guys to reach out to her. Reach out to her. Totally. You know I, I mean? love hearing from you. <laughs> My biggest, I, I always love, like, what was that part that just impacted you the most? What hit you the most? Or what yeah. breakthrough? What aha moment yeah. happened? Um, I, I truly, truly love hearing those. So yes, please reach out and share away. And I, this might sound strange, but the thing that hit me the most today with you mm. and a lot hit me, I mean, I want to take notes yeah. and, and I've, I've been writing some things down and is what your aunt said oh. I, in that moment of no one even knows what to say or how to handle this. And she says, don't you dare. What? <laughs> and again, she, there was more to add to that, but. When I heard you say that, I was like, I was kind of shocked. Oh, that hit me the most. Yeah, our entire room was shocked. <laughs> Everyone's like, "What in the world?" Yeah. And the coolest part is that she oh, has been gosh. very present in a lot of yeah. things. She helped actually this past weekend at Vertical Ambition, yeah, so awesome. she's got to really see that trajectory, oh, man. just front row seat. Congrats. And um, that's amazing. Yeah, she even you know she's been interviewed a few times about yeah. that very moment. She says, yeah. "I have no idea." <laughs> I don't know where it came from. Yep. I have no idea, yeah. but for whatever reason, it needed to be said. For sure. Well, Sarah, I can't thank you enough. Um, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. It truly was an honor and a blessing and a gift to have you in person, in my office, in my studio, if you want to call it that. I love it. Um, to, to hear your story firsthand. Thank you for taking time. I know you're busy. You're pulled in so many directions mm. and so many people want your attention. And to be able to have you here today really means the world to me. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Oh my gosh, the feeling is mutual. This has been really beautiful. And like I said, I do a lot of these on uh, Zoom and virtual and this is so fun to be able I to know. do this in person. So much better. I'm, oh, it's so much better. This <laughs> right. has been amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. You Thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, there you go, folks. I told you you were in for a treat today, and boy, was I not kidding, right? <laughs> you know, Sarah Foley, the Vertical Blonde, check out her website, reach out to her on Instagram or Facebook. Um, you can reach out to me too, and I'll send the messages on to her. But thank you for tuning in. Again, thank you for believing in me. Thank you to the sponsors for also believing in me. It means the world. 
you know, we're, we're ranked really high in the mental health world in podcasts. That means the world to me and it wouldn't be possible without your help. So, and thank you again, Sarah, for all that you do and best of luck of all. And I can't wait for your book to come out. Mm -hmm. I will definitely get it. And, uh, I know you will. You're going to oh, add yeah. it to your I love shelf. to read, so we'll it's add probably going to be hot pink. We're going to add some <laughs> color over here. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, and until uh, next time, I guess, right? Thank you, Brent. Okay. Take care. <laughs>